0: G'day everyone, Dylan from Newsfighters here, and just a quick shout out to say, I need your help to keep Newsfighters going. It's a very expensive show to make, both in terms of the uh, hard drive and computer running costs, but also in terms of the sheer intensive number of hours that go into handcrafting all the wacky clips every episode. So if you can support the show, please jump on our Patreon at patreon.com newsfighters. For as little as $6 a month, you can get early ad-free episodes and bonus episodes. Episodes. However, to really secure the show's future, I need to find major sponsors. I have three slots for $300 a month major sponsors who get shout outs on the show. So if you're a brand, company or philanthropic organization, jump on our Patreon at patreon.com slash newsfighters and grab one of those $300 a month slots so newsfighters can keep going or drop me a line at sponsors at newsfighters.com. Thanks for all your support, Newsfighters, Australia's funniest news comedy show.
1: You're listening to the SansPants Network.
0: Home of comedy, <laughs>
1: culture, adventures,
0: and ghosts.
1: This is Newsfighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan.
0: Hello everyone, welcome to episode 111 of Newsfighters for Friday the 9th of September. Now I'm recording this episode uh, quite late at night, it's actually uh, almost 1am, because uh, I've pushed things back a bit, there's been some disconcerting news out of the UK as I'm recording this
2: statement has just been released by Buckingham Palace regarding the Queen, Queen Elizabeth II. It was released just a few moments ago and it reads, following further evaluation this morning, the Queen's doctors are concerned for Her Majesty's health and have recommended she remain under medical supervision.
0: Yes, as I'm recording this, it's a uh, developing situation. This news is just a hand. Not quite sure what's going on uh, Very easy to get distracted right now. But instead, I'm going to keep calm and carry on because I think that's what the Queen would want. So stick around. I've got an interview with uh, the Sydney Morning Herald's Alexandra Smith about her new book, The Secret, which is about the rise and fall of uh, New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian. But first, to some other news out of the UK earlier in the
1: week. Good evening. The new Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, the fourth in the space of six years, will be Liz Truss. The 47-year-old mother will become the country's third female PM and the fourth Prime Minister in six years. Yes,
0: four Prime Ministers in six years. Ha! Huh, suck it, UK. Remember when Australia used to look like a basket case of revolving door Prime Ministers? We're the stable ones now. Oh, no, hang on. Wait a second. Uh Damn it, we've also had four prime ministers in six years. Oh, well. Anyway, so yes, Britain has a new prime minister. So I assume there was like a big general election and everyone got to have their
1: say, yes? Some prime ministers sweep to power with millions of votes. Liz Truss got just over 80,000.
0: 140,000 Conservative Party members allowed to vote. 57% of them backing the Foreign Secretary under Boris Johnson. Yes, in a country of 67 million people, only 80,000 voted for the new Prime Minister. See? That's how democracy is meant to work. Better than those uh, other countries like China, where the leaders is just chosen by a small Politburo or People's Congress. That's, the UK is a real democracy. So how did Truss win over Conservative voters? Well, she chose an interesting election platform, that's for sure.
3: And we have had two decades of relatively low growth in this country. So what we can't have is business as usual. Business as usual economic management, which has led to low growth for decades. We can become the modern, brilliant Britain that I know we can be. Things can only get better. We need to stay the course. Together, we can make change happen.
0: Yes, basically Truss's whole pitch to become PM was, things are so bad they can only get better. Things have been so awful under the Conservatives for the last 12 years. We need real change, so vote me to stay the course. What a pitch. Still, it was better than her competitor Rishi Sunak's election pitch. I mean, his campaign videos were nothing but him shouting over fast music. Tackle inflation. Grow the economy and cut taxes. It is a long-term approach that will deliver long-term gains for families and businesses across the United Kingdom. I've been travelling the length and breadth of our fantastic country talking to all our members about my vision for the future and hearing all their ideas about how we can build a better Britain together. Yes, in an exit poll they asked Conservatives why they didn't vote for Rishi Sunak and their universal response was, What? I can't hear you! I literally went deaf scrolling Rishi Sunak's Twitter feed. Truss's election also means the end of Boris Johnson's prime ministership. And didn't he give a clear and unifying farewell speech? I am now like one of those booster rockets that has fulfilled its function, and I will now be gently re entering the atmosphere and splashing down
2: invisibly in some remote and obscure corner of the Pacific.
0: <laughs> and like Cincinnatus, I am returning. Yeah, thanks, mate. No idea what the hell you're on about there, but go on, on your bike, back in the fridge, going home to all your kids. However many it is, you've never told us. So now that Truss is PM, what can she expect to be faced with? Well, the media was oddly fascinated with one stationary item
1: Liz Truss will enter number 10 with an inbox overflowing with problems it's difficult to imagine a more troubling economic in-tray for an incoming prime minister Liz Truss will be prime minister tomorrow and
0: then confronted by an in-tray from hell oh yes an in-tray from hell Coincidentally, that's also the name of the heavy metal album made by your accountant. Yes, but it's not just stationary items Liz Truss is going to have to battle. At the moment, the UK is facing a massive inflation crisis, an energy crisis and a cost of living crisis. But don't worry, Liz Truss has a plan to fight this.
3: I have a bold plan to grow the economy through tax cuts and reform. I will cut taxes
0: to reward hard work. Oh, yes, good old tax cuts will solve everything. Hey, poor people, haven't got any food or gas for your heating? Here, eat some yummy tax cuts. Chuck another tax cut in the fireplace. You'll be set for the winter. However, on a plus side, it does look like Truss's incoming government will score some big points for diversity. And this appointment as Foreign Secretary means for
3: the first time there are no white men in the top four jobs.
1: For the first time... Not a single white man will be occupying one of the senior cabinet
0: positions. Yes, that's right. They have an incredibly diverse cabinet of old private school attending rich toffs. This is the Conservative Party after all. And the white people who are left in cabinet, well, they seem determined to be not proactive on climate change like Boris Johnson was.
3: The new business secretary who will be in charge of energy policy is Jacob Rees-Mogg. He's spoken out about the costs of the drive to reduce carbon emissions and prefers fracking to wind farms. I want to see our fields full of crops and livestock. I don't want to see them full of solar panels.
0: Oh, well, sorry. looks like it's bad news for the planet. Better luck next time. And speaking of livestock, Liz Truss loves talking about British food very, very enthusiastically for some reason, like she did here in 2014.
3: And I am infatuated with British food. I want to see us eating more British food here in Britain. We are growing wheat more competitively than the Canadian prairies. We are producing more varieties of cheese than the French. And I will not rest until the British apple is back at the top of the tree. In a fortnight I'm going to Paris for the world's largest food trade fair and I will be bigging up British products.
0: Oh, great. Now we have our first world leader who's used the words bigging up in an official speech. Excellent progress, UK. Also, if Truss's early years in uh, the Conservative government or anything to go by, get ready for a Prime Minister ready to take a stand against spelling. And how do you spell illiterate, Elizabeth Truss?
3: Well, this isn't about trying to... Test people. Oh, have a go, or, go on. Come uh, on, well, your, your I, education I minister. You right. there, your news coming. There try to spell it there for There are me. countless examples of politicians who tried to get involved in spelling, and I would cite Dan Quayle as one and got it wrong. And Why this don't is you have not. go, Illiterate. The point I'm making is this isn't about trying to catch people out. So, do you know how to spell literate? Well, I, as I've said, I'm not going to answer the question on that issue.
0: Yeah, I bet she can spell text cuts though. And if Truss is all starting to sound a bit Scott Morrison-esque, well, just wait till you hear her refugee policy. Ms Truss says she'll increase border force numbers by 20% and will
3: look again at controversial plans to force boats to turn back in the channel. Both candidates are wholehearted in their support of the plan to send asylum seekers to Rwanda. I completely agree with the Rwanda
0: policy. But wait, it gets even more Morrison-esque. During the campaign, she went and pissed off French President Emmanuel Macron.
3: Liz Truss's campaign remarks about the French president have gone viral. President Macron, friend or foe, the the jury's out. French President Emmanuel Macron on an official visit to Algeria has weighed in as well.
1: If France and Britain cannot say whether they're friends or enemies, that's not a neutral term then we're headed Uh, for serious problems.
0: But politics aside, what about Liz Truss's personality? Well, one of her classmates from university will tell us exactly what to expect.
2: I think she's likely to put quite a lot of noses out of joint. I think she might well upset quite a few people. But if you're looking for some bold leadership and direction over the coming weeks and years, she might just provide it. Whether it's to your taste, well, that's a different matter. But you'll know what the
0: taste is with Liz Truss unambiguously. Every person in the UK is like, wow, this sandwich tastes like poison, but it's exactly what 80,000 conservatives voted for. So what did I expect? Yum, yum, tasty. And how will this sandwich get delivered? Well, turns out Liz Truss is also an Uber Eats driver.
3: That we will deliver, we will
0: deliver, we will deliver. Anyways, good luck UK and if you don't like Liz Truss, well, I'm sure Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak will bring her down soon enough. Anyways, from one female politician who's enthusiastic about pork.
3: In December, I'll be in Beijing opening up new pork markets.
0: To another female politician who's enthusiastic about pork.
3: The term pork barrelling is, is common parlance. And if that's the accusation made on this occasion, I'm happy to accept that commentary.
0: Yes, after the break, we're looking at the downfall of New South Wales Premier and pork barreller-in-chief Gladys Berejiklian with author Alexandra Smith. Stay tuned. G'day everyone, Dylan from News here and a quick shout out and thanks to all our patrons on Patreon who are helping cover our expenses to make the show. However, it's a very labour-intensive show, and to keep the show going, I'm going to have to find some major sponsors. So, if you're a brand, company, philanthropic, journalism foundation, or the like, why not jump on our Patreon and support Australia's Funniest News Comedy Podcast today? I have a limited three slots going for $300 a month for major sponsors that'll help cover the intensive labour costs that go into handcrafting this show every fortnight. So for more info, email sponsors at newsfighters.com or jump on our Patreon at patreon.com slash newsfighters. Newsfighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to.
3: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkled down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
1: and 365-day returns.
0: Uh, Alexandra Smith is the state political editor at the City Morning Herald and author of the new book, The Secret, a behind-the-scenes story of the rise and fall of former New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian, which is out now. Thanks for making time in your busy state politics uh, day to uh, talk to us here on News Fighters. I guess first of all, congratulations on the book. I've read it cover to cover; very enjoyable uh, read. Uh, look at looking at uh, Gladys's downfall. I guess first of all, what was it about Gladys Burridgeley and and her story that made you want to write a whole book about it? Um,
2: I just think that it was pretty extraordinary that she was able to, first of all, recover from the first um, revelation. So when it first emerged that she'd mm-hmm. been in this. Um, you know, secret relationship with Darren Maguire. Initially, everyone was like, wow, she cannot survive this. This is extraordinary. Um, But she did, you know, and not Mm. only did she survive, but she became more popular in that year.
0: Yes, this was Um, 2020, correct? 2020, yeah.
2: yeah. So, during the pandemic already, yep. Yeah, we've had the sort of – the first sort of shock of the pandemic. We've had the the black summer bushfires in New South Mm -hmm. Wales and the the pandemic, obviously – And then this, you know, shock revelation. No one saw it coming because obviously absolutely nobody knew about the relationship. Um, And I just thought it was really extraordinary that she survived that. And I think it's because of the huge political capital she, you know, built up um, because of the the fires and the pandemic. And I really think, you know, probably a lot of other people wouldn't have survived a scandal like that. Um, But she became, she didn't just survive, like I say, she became Mm. more popular. Um, so it's a pretty extraordinary story really of um, of political you know survival,
0: but then there was her downfall as well surely that was that was just as interesting and and, and fascinating. Gladys Berejiklian is no longer our premier, brought down not by the pandemic, not by the bushfires, but by her ex boyfriend former MP Daryl Maguire. Just to refresh our memories, this was basically because of rules she set up herself about her own. MPs. She stepped down because I remember in her her resignation speech, she basically said she didn't want anyone who's being investigated by ICAC to still have their position.
2: As the leader of the New South Wales government, I have expected the highest standards of myself and my colleagues. I have made it clear on numerous occasions that if any of my ministers were the subject of allegations being investigated by an integrity agency or law enforcement,
3: then he or she should stand aside during the course of the investigation until their name was cleared.
2: Yeah, like she, she set the rule. So her view was anyone who's under investigation by one of an integrity agency, whether it be ICAC or, you know, there are others, of course, there are kind of, you know, um, police integrity bodies and, and that sort of thing. She Her view was that um, they they had to stand aside. They couldn't remain um As an elected, well, it couldn't remain in her um, party room at least, and certainly not in her cabinet. Obviously, she can't force somebody out of parliament because they're elected. She can Mm. sort of certainly say they should go, but she can't force someone out. And so, you know, it would be really hard for her to have hung on when she set those rules and enforced Mm. them previously, but yet didn't do this. You know, didn't do the same thing herself. Um, So, you know, a lot of the liberals were really angry with Iacat, convinced that sort of they forced her out. You know, sure they they initiated the um, inquiry, but she had to make the decision that her position was untenable based on, you know, based on the very strict set of guidelines that she'd implemented Mm. and ensured that her colleagues knew would be, um, you know. Carried out, you know, carried out on them if 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 they were found themselves in that sort of situation.
0: And of course, the secret that the book's title is about is, of course, her secret relationship with mm. um, the MP uh, Dara Maguire, who seemed to be a bit of a, a wheeler and dealer. I think a bit like Arthur from Minder. Um, yep, absolutely, a, a good and yeah. a very good analogy for those of us who, who grew up watching that show. Um, <laughs> Uh, what was the most stunning revelation you heard about Daryl Maguire um, researching this book or, or what was the most uh, f- fascinating thing? He seemed to think he could almost get away with anything.
2: Do you know what I find is that he talked a big game, but he, he wasn't even really all that successful in being <laughs> corrupt. He never actually pulled off, you know, these mm-hmm. big, big things. And one of his really good friends who I wasn't, I didn't know they were so close until I, I researched the book, was the former Minister Michael McCormack, you know, and he was very much of the view that Daryl was this kind of hard-working local member who did a lot of good stuff for Wagga Wagga, you know, this mm. country, well, big country city, but, mm. um, but he never managed to land the big deals. He always <laughs> had these pie-in-the-sky ideas, you know, these big warehouses that would bring in, you know, um, I don't know, furniture, I think, in one case from China. And, or it was a big, actually, I think it was a big textiles, um, you know, warehouse that was going to, but just never got there. You know, a lot of his things never got off the ground. Um, I think he's probably had a good sales mind. He was a good, he was quite effective when he had the, um, the Harving Norman franchise in Wagga <laughs> Walker. But I don't think he ever really landed at the big time in terms of big money making deals. Um, and so I think probably, you know, that's why it's such a, fascinating story you know this this sort of bloke from the country um, who tried his best to make some big bucks and mm-hmm. ended up secretly dating a very popular <laughs> premier
0: it's no it's it's fascinating the, the interesting thing for me reading this book is are all MPs like this are all MPs secretly doing wheeling and dealing with big property developers all the time is this a part <laughs> of state politics that just happens and we don't think about
2: no, no, I would well, oh, okay. certainly hope not. And and I'm sure ICAC would be far busier if that were the <laughs> case. I mean, you can't be having, you can't be running a side hustle. I mean, he used yep. his office as a sort of a semi um, headquarters for a cash for visa scheme. Um, mm, mm. You know, like, it's almost too ex- extraordinary to believe, but you know that he I guess that was one um, sort of little enterprise he had that was at time making some money for him um, but i I think you know I hope anyway that by and large most MPs are far more um, a uh, <laughs> smart about what they do (laughs) and be aware of what they're, you know, what they're in public life for. Um, You don't have to be in public life. If you want to run your little businesses and have, you know, all sorts of things on the go, that's fine. But you can't be an elected member of parliament at the same time.
0: Yeah. And that's the same thing. There was a great story in the book where, he was almost selling access, I think, to the Premier. He was inviting people round to his office for drinks and, oh, maybe we'll walk by Gladys's office or something. Wasn't One of the my favourite
2: bits of that was, <laughs> yeah. you know, so he's, there's all this stuff, you know, he's having his mates come in, his developer mates. There was a bit in ICAC where they said it, and did you walk up to see Gladys with a glass of wine? Oh, no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't allow that. I wouldn't let anyone <laughs> walk around Parliament carrying alcohol. <laughs> As if, you know, I'll do a lot of other stuff, but I would not condone anyone having disrespect for the parliament and, you know, wandering around with alcohol.
0: Also, for me, another aspect of the story is uh, of the book is just kind of about love being blind. Like, did did Gladys not see how dodgy dodgy Daryl was? It, or, or was she just turning a blind eye?
2: I think, you know, I think love is blind often, isn't it? <laughs> and I think, you know, she said in her first um, public address, I think, after she first appeared before ICAC, when it emerged that they'd been in this relationship that she'd been she'd known him for many many years she trusted him you know he was very involved in the liberal party for a long time as was she um she was quite you know she was very open about this herself naive when it comes to love you know she hadn't had long-term partners or boyfriends Mm. um he was older than her and i think you know I also, one, I've often been asked and I've thought a lot about why she didn't tell people about Daryl. And I think Mm. the reality is, Daryl wasn't the type of guy that people thought she would be with. Her parents came from a very conservative, you know, Armenian family. Mm. They would have wanted, I mean, wanted her to marry a nice Armenian guy. She lived at home till she was 29. You know, she had a very sort of cloistered upbringing. And then also, her her colleagues were very quick to kind of. say that Daryl Maguire is often the butt of their jokes um there was a, a really awkward moment in ICAC when her former chief of staff and friend Sarah Cruikshank had to say had to admit that you know she'd um, been quite embarrassed because she'd been quite free in giving her uh, thoughts on Daryl Maguire to Gladys <laughs> and completely you know not knowing that the pair had been in this long-term relationship and so I just think you know part of part of the problem for Gladys with Daryl Maguire was She is a very private person, but also he wasn't the sort of person that people thought she would ever Mm. be with. And I think as well as being a bit blinded by love, she kind of knew that maybe he wouldn't be well received by her friends and colleagues.
0: Uh, But then there's the other kind of dynamic, which is who chased who? Was Daryl trying to form a relationship with Gladys in the hope that you know, the the highest politician in the state would turn a blind eye to his dodgy dealings?
2: I, I don't think so. I Like, I think he actually, maybe I'm just being a bit romantic here, oh, but yes. I actually <laughs> think he really did love her. Oh, and I think she loved him. And I think, you know, what was really interesting, and the reason why I think that is – at no point has any evidence come out where Daryl made a point of saying, or you know, I'm with Gladys.
1: True. Like, sure,
2: yeah, yeah. he, you know, he could have introduced her, but it was just through a, as a, a, another colleague. You know, he never made a point of saying, um, you know, I'm dating Gladys Burdickley okay. and stick with me, and I can get you somewhere. You know, and so I think probably it was because he, I think he. Was in love with her, and I think she was in love with him. It's kind of just a tragic story, really.
0: <laughs> Do you think to this day, Barry Jicklin thinks she did anything wrong in the, in the phone tap? She was recorded saying, "I don't need to know that
1: bit." So hopefully, that's about half of all that's gone now. That's
0: good. Mm. I don't need to know
3: about that
0: bit. No, you don't. Was it almost like a like a George Costanza or a Homer Simpson th- uh, thinking around corruption? Like it's not corruption if I don't know about it. Like, where, does does she think does she think she did anything wrong?
2: No, no. I wow. think you know Gladys has never done anything wrong in her life. Like in her mind, you know. And she <laughs> yep. she's been re- she is super straight laced. She's always worked really hard. She would, you know, she's put her whole life on hold for for public service, really, you know. She Mm. didn't have children. She didn't get married. Um, And I think she really believes that she's always done the right thing and there was nothing wrong here. She kept her private life to herself and she really believes it didn't impact on any decision she made. And so, therefore, she did nothing wrong. She didn't resign because she did something wrong. She resigned because, like we were talking about at the beginning, Mm. she set some rules and she had to stick to those rules. So I don't think, you know, even the very last question that um, got put to um, uh, Gladys at the um, ICAC hearing was, you know, if you had your time again, would you have declared the relationship? She said no. So even on reflection, even being hauled through, you know, The process of ICAC having some pretty rough months, she still said she wouldn't have done anything differently. So, to me, that says, you know, she's pretty convinced she never did anything wrong.
0: One thing this book made me think about, uh, look, I think uh, I'm a fan of ICAC in New South Wales, but it did make me think maybe ICAC's definition of corruption is a little too broad. What do you think? It basically defines it as uh, any dishonesty or a breach of public trust by a politician.
2: Yeah, look- I don't know. As not, a, I suppose I'm only speaking very much as a layperson, not a lawyer. But you're right. The the, the under the ICAC Act, it's really broad, and people mm-hmm. think of corruption, don't they, as kind of um, money changing hands in brown paper bags and some high level, yes. you know. And corruption is, and in the Act, it does say, you know, bribery, treachery, some pretty serious stuff. But of course, it's also about holding. Um, elected officials to account in terms of breaching public trust. Um, Mm. And that's all breaching the Ministerial Code of Conduct, which is probably where many people see um, the ICAC inquiry and findings going for Gladys Berejiklian. And, and, you know, more broadly, does the, you know, the average voter think that that's corruption? Probably not. But I guess we still need some mechanism where people, you know, elected officials are held to Mm. account um, because, Obviously, that's so important to the integrity of government and democracy.
0: And uh, moving on to, I guess uh, Gladys's future. Uh, Scott Morrison, of course, famously tried to recruit her uh, to run uh, in Warringah at the federal election. Um, does, do you think she sees herself having a future in politics, or is she uh, even at one point far in the future? Or is she just done? Well, she tapped out.
2: Also, I, you know, and I can't speak for her, but I really think she's not done. I think a lot will depend of course on what the icac actually finds and how damaging it is for her but i think you know with a bit of time she can definitely come back i know that the, there are some in the liberals that are see her as their sort of great hope you know to rebuild federally they need someone like gladys berejiklian to be there to sort of be the new face of a pretty troubled party at the moment mm-hmm. um she's very she's still really popular i mean there are a lot of people and that didn't like Gladys obviously and felt that she did the wrong thing but she had so much she had a lot of broad support and i think she still would a lot of people felt really sorry for her and f- and thought that she was hard done by um and so i think if she wanted to make a political comeback and i think she's so committed to the the liberal party and feels so strongly about the reckon if they really came to her and begged her it would be something she would consider you know i think she's she's so political she's a real political animal you know she's hmm. not an accidental politician She's very savvy when it comes to politics So I, I reckon she could come back
0: She copped a lot of flack um, From uh, Western Sydney communities And the handling of the, the fumbling of the Delta outbreak But do you think her downfall actually built sympathy With her with New South Wales voters If she does want to make a comeback What's her standing now?
2: Yeah, I definitely think so um, You know, after all of that happened Yeah, sure, she was very much um, linked to kind of The city divided, you know With the, mm-hmm. the lockdowns in the poorer part of Sydney um, but I think there was a lot of sympathy for her. And I think, you know, with, the, with time, I, I think Warringah would have been a problem for her this time. I think it was too soon. And it would still... I mean, we saw Di Lee, the new independent member for Fowler, talking this week in her maiden speech about how angry people were about those lockdowns. ...the
3: backbone of the New South Wales economy, if not the country. This was evident during COVID pandemic. The last time I looked a government that takes away individuals' liberty to choose how they want to live, work and raise families was called a communist dictatorship. I think there's still Mm.
2: a lot of overall unhappiness with the New South Wales government and, of course, Gladys Berejiklian was part of that for a time. Mm, mm. But I definitely think there's public sympathy for her and I think a, a lot of the anger, you know, as we move through the pandemic already, you know, people are starting, a lot of that's in the past already and I think coming going forward, um, that will be even more more so.
0: Brilliant. Well, we'll have to leave it there. Thanks a lot for your time. Um, any more books on the horizon? What's the, what's, uh, you're, I don't you're know. clearly I've, busy. I've, I've
2: loved, yeah, I really loved, I really enjoyed doing the books. I absolutely like it. It's, I know some people, I've had friends who write book, books and say never again, but it's the opposite <laughs> for me. I, you know, I think it would be great. I'd love to do more.
0: Great. And where can people find you? I guess the Sydney Morning Herald is the main place.
2: Sydney Morning Herald? Yep. You're yep. on the... State political editor, um, stuck in Macquarie Street.
0: Great. Well, we'll uh, we'll keep an eye out for you there. And uh, The Secret is out now in all uh, bookshops and booksellers. Th- thanks for your time, Alex. Thank you. Alrighty, everyone. That's News Fighters for today. Thanks for listening. And a big thank you to Alexandra Smith for being on the show. Uh, you can get her book, The Secret, Uh, which is out now on Pan Macmillan, wherever good books are sold. Uh, And a big shout-out to my new Patreon supporter, Steve. You should all be like Steve and sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash newsfighters because uh, I'm going to release later in the month probably a a special video uh, that will be released uh, early for our uh, Patreon supporters and maybe only for our Patreon supporters, to be honest. Um, so, uh, join the Patreon. You get early ad-free episodes, uh, without all the ads. And also, uh, we're looking for sponsors. Uh, basically, uh, I really need, uh, more financial support, uh, to keep the show going. It's an absolute, uh, ball-breaker in terms of, uh, the amount of time it takes. Uh, so I'm hoping to get some money on board to help pay for, uh, all the time and effort I put in, as well as all the, uh, computer hardware I go through, been recording a lot of news lately so i have three sponsor slots going for 300 dollars a month and if i can get those filled uh, the future of news fighters is secure so uh if you or anyone else is interested in sponsoring news fighters and it could be more for more than 300 a month you can sponsor the whole show uh email me at sponsors at newsfighters.com or the tier is on our patreon you can jump on our patreon at patreon.com slash newsfighters and if you didn't hear i had to cancel the apple podcasts uh, subscriptions. If you are supporting us financially on Apple Podcasts, uh, please jump on our Patreon as well. Uh, or alternatively, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash newsfighters. And also just a reminder to sign up to our newsletter at newsfighters.com. Uh, that's it for now. Uh, we're fortnightly. Uh, hopefully uh, a fortnight from now, we're going to have a big episode uh, on Albanese's Anthony Albanese's first 100 days. I've been working on it, and it's coming along very nicely, and hopefully that'll be our next episode in a fortnight. And again, if you want it early and ad-free, jump on our Patreon. Anyways, that's all. Keep fighting,
1: and bye for now. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to.